As faithful members of the English soccer community, it is only right we take a moment to acknowledge the events that unfolded over the weekend. On Saturday morning, we learned former Chelsea and Tottenham player Glenn Hoddle was taken seriously ill during his TV recording on the weekend's fixtures. We are pleased to hear he's recovering well and wish him a very speedy recovery. More recently, we learned that following a helicopter crash outside the King Power Stadium, Leicester chairman Vishay Siratanaprabha sadly lost his life. We would like to take this opportunity to wish his close family and friends our very best wishes as they go through this tragic loss. We would like to therefore dedicate today's episode to Vishay and hope that his legacy as Leicester's loyal chairman is never forgotten. This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. Here's with Kevin De Bruyne who sets up a shot and scores! And now it's with Harry Kane and it's another chance to make it three and he doesn't miss this time! That's Coutinho for Salah! Oh, that's brilliant! Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Greetings! Welcome to episode 8 of our second season. Glad to have you with us. Joining me today is the leader of the Casey Spurs, the man who believes Hugo Lloris is still having one too many, perhaps, and who's ready to pick Burnley as a top three match contender this week. Guess we'll see. It's Jared Bustamente. How are you, bud? To be fair, I don't think we know the disposition of those charges, Mr. Rose. <laughs> He's turning all lawyer on me. Look out. Uh, Swiftly moves on. And I'm joined by the leader of the Casey Gooners, the man whose fantasy team is soon to be all Arsenal, and who's clearly still jealous of Spurs' new megastore. Who wouldn't be? It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know, backed out of the ground, but still ready to go. Love it. All right, let's kick off then, as usual, with our top three segment, where our guys try to figure out which stories and games were the most discussed. Three points for guest number one, two for number two, and so on. Boyce, you're going to get to go first this week. So out of all those fixtures played, what was the most talked about? Well, I mean, I guess we can go ahead and just talk about the Tottenham City match today that was part <clears throat> EPL, part NFL. <laughs> we uh, we invite all. But yes, that is correct. And that did top the list this week, surprisingly. Man City hang on to a single goal victory thanks to an early strike from Riyad Mahrez. The final score was uh, 1-0. City have now gone 10 hours without conceding a goal, which maybe is a record. I'm not sure, but it seems to be pretty impressive. Boyce, let me ask uh, your thoughts on City's performance in this game in particular versus their previous performance up to this point. I mean, I really think after Marez scored in the sixth minute that there was an opportunity for the floodgates to just open up here. It was yeah. one of those situations where I, you and I were texting back and forth, and it was like, this could get ugly really fast. Mm-hmm. And I, I think early on, uh, there were pundits that were talking about the fact that they thought that the condition of the pitch might somehow play into City's hands. I think an argument can be made that both teams really struggled to, uh, to get their marksmanship boots on outside of Aguero who somehow just nailed a volley right at Larice today off the bounce, which was incredible. Everybody else had severe problems with passing and functionality. And I think you saw that embodied best when Kevin De Bruyne came on, mm-hmm. he just looked like he couldn't connect a pass to save his life. And it was funny to watch somebody that really hasn't had his, not necessarily shooting boots, but he's just been injured. So he hasn't been in and around and watching him struggle to regain form on a pitch that was just abject was kind of entertaining. But I I think City were good on the day. 
if you listen to Pep's post-match comments, he was talking about the fact that they need to be a lot more ruthless or else, God forbid, they might actually lose a match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I, I, and I think Jared will probably key in on this in his portion as well. It, it's it's inarguable that Spurs at least had opportunities that they could have converted. The first and foremost one being Eric Lamella, who I guess we can call him a victim of a bounce. But as a borderline indifferent observer, I was shocked uh, when he didn't connect on that. But we've talked about it all week. The scary thing for somebody who is trying to preserve the integrity of the Arsenal's Invincibles team is the fact that City have now gotten points off of Arsenal away, Tottenham away, and survived Liverpool away, a match which Riyad Mahrez probably very well should have won. Mm-hmm. And now you're looking at a situation where City's two roughest away matches for the rest of the campaign are just a faltering Manchester United away. And a City team that's talented, but if you try and play toe-to-toe with City, which Chelsea may very well try to do, it just doesn't end well. Mm-hmm. You're going to end up getting punished. Um, all right, Jared, let's hear it. It's been a while since we've given Spurs a proper breakdown, and I guess this is the platform right here. So uh, give us your overall analysis uh, of their performance today. I first and foremost, I have to eat a little crow here. And Musa Sissoko was, uh, aside from one very hilarious sequence where he delicately brought a distributor ball down and then shanked it for a uh, Man City corner, um, he had a great match. Uh, a lot of us are scratching our heads in Spursland about this lineup. Uh, especially when you look at who was available on the bench. Now, I know Deli and Christian Eriksen, you know, have been out injured and been trying to get match fit. I think that was the only reason, seeing as how they both came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, t- to go down with just a uh, – I'm still scratching my head uh, on, on that Kieran Trippier play – and uh, I do appreciate now that the internet, everyone is now saying, why does anyone like Kieran Trippier at all? Uh, it's almost like they've forgotten the Kieran Trippier of the Champions League last year eating Real Madrid's lunch. I, I, I don't get it. It was a mistake. It was an error. But to suggest that he's not quality, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think there's even an argument that Kyle Walker might have lost his job to Kieran Trippier three years ago if he doesn't leave. So... I think we probably need to pump the brakes a little bit. And again, I, I'll give Musa Sissoko his due. But this is a pressuring part of Spurs, right? Uh, it is uh, you know, shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, at least it wasn't Hugo today. He actually had a decent day, uh, I think. Um, I, I don't fault him with the goal. I think that rests squarely with Trippier. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Dyer did not have a day. It was the the tie kind of shifted when, uh, you know, and hats off to Harry Winks coming in, <clears throat> dropping into the pivot, and really doing some work on the front foot. A couple of chances that should have been buried. I mean, Spurs only had one shot on goal, yeah. uh, which is just abysmal. And uh, Ed Boyce touched on it. I, I mean, it, this wasn't Chris Wondolowski territory, but my goodness, you must force a save there. Uh, Delhi winning the ball and then just laying it out. You're in the area. You got to put it on frame. You got to force a save there. And, and you perhaps you don't steal a point. Uh, playing at Three Rivers Stadium or Candlestick Park or wherever the hell they were playing today. <laughs> uh, but my goodness gracious, it is tough. I'm I'm heartened by the subs that came in, a lot of you know uh, faces that we see in the standard squad. But that, I think that only highlights Spurs' lack of depth, mm-hmm. and that is something that you know you and I have talked about that they've been really uh, uh, you know struggling with. I think it's important to note that uh, the boss is in a is in a poor mood, and this is you know uh, coming into this game, this is Spurs' best start to a Premier League season ever, and mm-hmm. Poch's 
pissed. <laughs> Which <laughs> and, to me and, seems, it seems kind of weird that we're saying, I think Boyce made a joke about it last week, that we're saying that that's the stat. And it still seems kind of very sour, you know, the fact that you said the, the manager being kind of very off. And, but I guess we'll see what happens. You know, it's Spurs. Might they bounce back? I guess we'll... Uh, let's hope. Let's, let's hope. hope. Let's hope. Uh, it just depends on who Real Madrid's looking for in their next manager. Oh, don't say that. I did read that today. Yeah, that he got sacked. Oh, God, we'll see. Maybe it's going to be Mourinho. Anyway, uh, let's... What about the reserve boss? I don't, I don't actually... I'm not sure. <laughs> he was only there like four months, but... Uh, he How many Scaramucci's is that? Uh, well, he—I think it was 14 matches. So I don't know. Can we transition uh, Scaramucci's into <laughs> matches? Oh, it's man. bad. Oh, man. They're in ninth right now. I know this isn't a La Liga podcast, but wow, Real Madrid in ninth. Side isn't that incredible? Side My goodness. Uh, let's move on. Jared, you're up next. We have second and third spot still to guess. So what do you think? Uh, well, I guess let's talk about. Uh, Palace nicking a point off uh, off the Gunners over the weekend. I to think, do draw. Yeah, I think we absolutely should. And that'll get you those two points. So nice work on that. Arsenal finally lose their game-winning streak thanks to a tie with Crystal Palace. The final score was 2-2. Uh, funny lead-in here. Crystal Palace have won more penalties, 13, in the Premier League than any other side. Um, so, hey, did that, question for you, Jared? Did that kind of play into Palace's hands, or was it just kind of a freak that this happened? Give us your overall breakdown of the game. I think Palace was asking all the right questions from the start on this match. I mean, Zaha puts one off the post early, and uh, they were getting in great positions. And you really felt it coming. And then the most Arsenal thing happens, and Granit Xhaka just hits a cracker. You can't take that away from him. And, And you start to think crap they're gonna do it i mean we are gonna remember this was the first these are the first two goals that palace have scored at selhurst park this year it is it's halloween on wednesday i mean <laughs> just it, you got to be kidding me and not to take anything away from they had a little bit of good luck they were giving the ball away in poor areas and all of that arsenal struck but i uh i don't think you can argue either penalty uh, Boyce might have a perspective there. Uh, again, as what, what was the phrase you used earlier, Boyce, as a partial neutral observer? Um, <laughs> I think they're both penalties. And I think also Arsenal gets away with one with a, uh, who was it that flicked it hand of God like? Was it Lacazette? It was Lacazette. It was Lacazette. Uh, yeah. uh, to the backside. How you miss that. I mean, we've seen. We've seen penalties called for fouls like that in the box when it's a defender. There's no doubt in my mind that if a defender had thrown his arm up like that and caused that deflection, that that is everyone is keyed in on that clear mischance. Does that mean the game changes? Uh, I don't often subscribe to you know that that notion that that would have meant Palace won two to one butterfly effect and all that. We have no idea what would have happened, but I do know that that goal would not have happened, mm. and perhaps Palace take all three points, but. A pretty entertaining match, fun to watch. Indeed. And uh, it's just really hard to watch all these Spurs targets uh, continue to do well and uh, cost more. (laughs) uh, That is true. Uh, All right, boys. How did Arsenal not get their 12th successive win? Skodron Mustafi. Uh, I mean, that's really it, in all honesty. I, I think talking about the first penalty is almost unnecessary because watching him sith down Kuyate, who has his back turned to goal and is absolutely never going to score from that position, yeah. was just incredible. I mean, 
you kind of knew it was coming. Palace dominated the vast majority of the first half. I I couldn't even really argue in the end that they didn't deserve the lead. Arsenal had a, a few opportunities during the first half, including one where Bellerin kind of took a few too many touches and then ended up just knocking it directly into a defender. But one thing I will say about this match is the reason they didn't have 12 wins in a row is because both of our starting left backs are out with hamstring injuries. Granite Xhaka was starting at left back. And then at the half, Hector Bellerin goes out with a muscle injury, and you've got Licksteiner in on the right and Xhaka on the left paired with Mustafi in central defense. And, I mean, that's three out of four just awful. Uh, you know, Granite Xhaka hits just a peach. That was an incredible free kick, inarguable, just a, a great bit of skill. The way that he positions that and how hard he strikes it, pretty impressive. The thing I will say about the Aubameyang goal and Lacazette is that what Lacazette's doing, I, I think it's also inarguable that he touched it with his hand and that potentially he purposely meant to do so. But I think the other aspect of that is the Crystal Palace defender has his jersey in a fist and is dragging him to the ground. So I think what he's part of what he's trying to do is show the official that he's being hauled to the ground. Mm. But regardless, so I think potentially you have a penalty there in the event that they don't call one, that they don't allow the goal to stand. But, you know, you can argue the ebbs and flows of a match. The final one, Zaha does what you could have just called that a Deli Alley penalty if you really wanted to. I he's, knew it was coming. I he's knew it was looking coming. for contact the entire time. He The way he falls makes it look even worse than it actually was. I have to agree. But, yep. But. I think it's been unfair in Arsenal circles to blame Granit Xhaka in that position. He's not a left back. He's not used to defending in that area. And the reality is that if you go back and you fast forward to the beginning of that play, Lacazette has the ball in the corner. And for some strange reason, he decides that he needs to pass it back out into central midfield to Lucas Torreira instead to any one of the four Arsenal players that are waiting in the box. And then when Torreira gets dispossessed, Shkodron Mustafi, who loves nothing more than sitting people down for no reason, inexplicably allows the Palace player to just march and dribble through the midfield. It was funny being at Johnny's with Casey Gooners because absolutely everyone in the bar is yelling at Mustafi to take the yellow. Everyone. <laughs> We're watching Palace slalom through the midfield, and everyone in the bar is yelling at him to take the yellow. He doesn't. He then gets another opportunity to take the yellow and doesn't do it again. He gets turned around, <laughs> you know, he feeds the ball to Zaha, and you can just watch it in horrific slow motion as Zaha desperately looks for contact, gets it, and goes down. And the thing is, if an Arsenal player was in that situation and he was faced up against somebody who was more or less immobile and didn't do everything in his power to be able to get a PK there, I'd be furious. In the end, if Zaha actually plays that to regular effect and doesn't go for an Oscar, I think he probably ends up getting a penalty kick anyway. Uh, let's move on to our last one. It is third spot, and Boyce, you're up, so what do you think it is? Uh, Manchester United-Everton. It is not, believe it or not, no. So, Jared, we're going to swing back to you. What do you think? Goodness, I thought that was it, too. Um, I'm surprised as well. Let's see. It's not Burnley. Um, <laughs> or is it? Who knows? Uh, don't do that to me. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I know. Brighton over Wolves. It is not Brighton over Wolves, oh, boys. We're back God. to you for one more chance. I feel like we're going to just go through all these. Since you said it, 
Uh, Chelsea's Annihilation of Burnley. It is. Jared, I thought you would have had it. (laughs) Why are we doing this again? Who cares? Because we snubbed them last time. No, I'm kidding. Uh, It is, though. It is on the list. It is third spot, and Boyce takes that extra point. Chelsea put four unanswered goals past Burnley. Uh, the final score is... is yeah, four. that's news. Even the way you say it, that's not news. Oh, Good man. grief. Sorry, the I sun just... came up today, James. <laughs> Can we talk about that? Is that on the list? Hey, Mark, next week. Uh, hey, Chelsea, let's talk about them. They're unbeaten uh, after 10 games for just their fifth time in their club history. Boy, is the Chelsea kind of flying under the radar here a little bit? Are we kind of not thinking them as uh, potential champions here? I think a little bit, yeah. They are flying under the radar. It's still one of those situations where I think I'd put Chelsea in the tier with Liverpool just under the tier that only contains Manchester City. But yeah, I, I mean, Chelsea's problem in the long term that's been masked by Hazard and William scoring goals, and now apparently the rise of Ross Barkley. Uh, who would have ever predicted that? Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that nobody had them on their fantasy team, and now everybody was drafting him randomly in the middle of the week or towards the end of the week. They're getting goals from the non-striker positions, and hey, they even got one from Murata this week. So, I mean, that's basically just a bonus. That's going to be their problem for the rest of the campaign, though, is I think Hazard, William, midfielders, wingers, they're going to have to score loads of goals for Chelsea to be able to keep up with City and Liverpool just because uh, I love the man, but Giroud hasn't scored a goal since last year. And he's definitely, as he did with Arsenal many times, increasing the fluidity of play and helping with assists and things along those lines. But he, again, he's not scoring goals. Mm-hmm. And Murata, he got one this week, but he hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire either. You've been relying almost entirely upon Eden Hazard, who hopefully, for them anyway, keeps up his form for the rest of the year. But he always goes through ebbs and flows. Fortunately for Chelsea, I think his ebbs and flows tend to go over the whole entire year, which seems somewhat inexplicable. But there's talent on that team. They've got a somewhat solid defense. Uh, Sorry's getting some pretty good effort with them and instilling a little bit of a different offensive style and flow. You ask whether or not they're title contenders. I, I think they finish maybe right around 10 points off City by the time the year's over with, which, given the way that City's been performing, is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I think they probably end up third. Jared, I won't ask you a question about Bernie because I know uh, you've probably uh, had enough of them. But uh, I will, speaking more about uh, Ross, <laughs> <laughs> speaking more about Ross Barkley, uh, he was involved in three of their goals in this match, which is only the second time in his career uh, that that has been actually the case. So, are we seeing this this newborn star in Ross Barkley? Is he going to be Chelsea's new uh, staple midfielder? What do we think? Is the theme of this pod like former Spurs targets? Isn't that the idea? I think so, yeah. I was glad you picked up on that too. (laughs) I think it might be. Like, well, look at him flourish in London in yellow. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, I, hats off to him. I mean, he's had, on a couple matches, he's come in as a sub and he's had an impact. Um, And uh, to echo Boyce's point, I mean, this is a Chelsea squad that, frankly, Eden Hazard is just tired of carrying. This is even an unbeaten squad. And there are times in the middle of games where Hazard is just a pissed off teenager. And he's just like, kid, mm-hmm. I kid, can I get anyone over here to help me? Can I get anyone to do it? Uh, so no one is happier in Ross Barkley finding this form than Eden Hazard. Uh, like anything, it's, you know, consistency and all of that. Uh, Alvaro Murata, I'll give him that. It was a tidy little finish uh, through that Burnley back line that is a collection of barrels, I think. 
Uh, so let's uh, well, let's take it easy before we keep you know praising that um, in a in a Burnley FC two that's a negative eleven goal difference with eight points. So Chelsea definitely need that, and does it up their ability to perform? Absolutely. But again, you know, we'll see where we are after Christmas, and uh, uh, and I mean that for Burnley as well. I mean, you're looking at they're at fifteenth, and only five points separate you from very last place, mm-hmm. and uh, anything could happen. <laughs> Who did Burnley have next week? Because I just want to make sure I get them in the top three. Um, uh, Jesus, you know what? I'm going to start being a freaking <laughs> Burnley fanatic now. They have West Ham, James. West Ham. How did you not know that? <laughs> it's podcast. Now you're just teasing. It's going to take all three points next week. Burnley, West Ham. And it'll be a 1-0 game. Uh, let's swiftly move on to uh, another round of Rumor Mill. Uh, so to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I made up. So it's basically true or false. Two points for each correct guess. And Jared, you are up first with this one. The odds on LA Galaxy forward Zlatan Ibrahimovic rejoining Manchester United on loan during the MLS offseason have shortened with the Swede in prolific form. Uh, True. It is true, yes. Not so no freaking way. Believe it or not, the <laughs> I was sun. Betting on Zlatan's ego. <laughs> <laughs> that too, maybe he uh, he wrote it for the sun. No, but it did get published. Yeah, on Wednesday of all uh, all days. Uh, thanks, the sun. That was probably a great read. Uh, boys, this next one's for you. Man City and Belgian midfielder Kevin De Bruyne expressed concerns about playing Spurs at Wembley uh, today, a day after the NFL international fixture, primarily focusing on the conditions of. Of the pitch well everything that i read from pep guardiola was just a shoulder shrug and we'll just go play this match so false it is true believe it or not kevin de bruyne did come out and say those things the guardian again on wednesday reported said fact who would have thought he'd be such a big and baby zach ertz and uh, uh also fellow uh footy uh his wife julie ertz uh Spurs fans hung around with Eric Dyer, who's a big Philadelphia Eagles fan. So uh, that's like the only positive at it today. (laughs) The only slight one. Uh, (laughs) Jared, this next one's for you. Jose Mourinho has been warned by Manchester United's owners that his outbursts are damaging the club's worldwide reputation. Oh, God, that's got to be true. It is true, yes. Once again, the sun, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, reported that uh, that delightful read on the same day. Um, I guess Jose Mourinho has been warned. He'll probably keep doing it, though, because it's Jose Mourinho. So, anyway. Uh, boys, this last one's for you. Wolves midfielder Moutinho has been linked with a move to Manchester City at the end of the season after Guardiola highlighted keen interest in the player's creativity. True. It is false, although I would believe it. It was not actually printed anywhere that I could find. Um, so unlucky, bud, that doesn't get you those points. If you find an article that says those words, then let me know and it'll throw the whole game into a loop. They can't sign everybody. All comes fair, Jared. I think they think they can. I think oh, my goodness. They have the, a lot of money to do it, and they probably can. All right, let's swiftly move on to our last game, which, of course, is reverting back to our classic closer, which is player profile. So, again, I'll give five different clues to a Premier League player, each clue easier than the last. 
First person to shout their name correctly and guess said team wins the two points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. This week, your clue to these players is free kick masters. And that translates to players who typically get to take free kicks and may even score the occasional one from time to time. So maybe that's a clue, maybe not. Um, at this point, Jared, too, I'd, I'd ask that you uh, turn up your uh, Wi-Fi power or whatever we need to do to get you that extra uh, signal just so you can really be in this game. And uh, I'm feeling confident that can happen. What do you think? Yeah, me neither. Okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, here we go with player number one. He has scored three goals in his seven appearances. Played for Real Madrid before the move to his current club. Is a German international. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Uh-oh, he hesitated. Mesut Ozil. Ooh, he just got it in there. Yes, sir, that is correct, and that'll get you those two points. The other two clues are where's Red as his home kit, and his first name is Mesut. Mesut Ozil, nice work. All right, player number two is from Belgium. Has yet to score a goal this season. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. De Bruyne. It is Kevin De Bruyne. Nice Good work. Grief. And that'll get you those two points. Uh, the remaining clues arguably has ginger hair, uh, has recently returned from injury, and plays for Manchester City. It is indeed Kevin De Bruyne. So it'll get you those two points. Player number three is from Denmark. Jared. <laughs> yes, Jared. Christian Eriksen. Christian Eriksen. Woo, yes, that is absolutely correct, sir. And that'll get you those two points. Uh, the other clues has been with this club since 2013. Uh, also yet to score. Plays for Spurs. First name is Christian. So nice work on that. This is a tight one, guys. Um, I won't say the score, but uh, these two, last two, might change things. So uh, we'll see. All right, player number four used to play for Spurs. Jared. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you sure you don't want any more clues? <laughs> Come on, Jared, you got this. All right, what is it? What do you think? Gilfie Sigurdsson. Wow, goodness yes. me. That was quite a shot, sir, and that will get you those two points. How did you get that? <laughs> I These were the people that popped in my head, man. I was hoping you'd say former Spurs. Oh, or Everton. man, that's hilarious. And he was a good free kick taker at the time, so yeah. Uh, the I other... miss him. Yeah, I do too. Uh, other clues were also used to play for Swansea, is an Icelandic international, now plays for Everton. First name is Gilfie, Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, last player of the game, plays as a right back, is an Englishman. Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Trippier. It is. Is Trippier, yes! Nice work wow, on that nice. one. Damn, you guys have been quick today. Uh, the other clues were used to play for Burnley, scored a free kick for England in the World Cup, and now plays for Spurs. Kieran Trippier, that is the answer. Guys, would you believe it? We are tied. We both have 10 points from this game. So, once again, I revert to Google and its powerful awesomeness and wisdom to find us a tiebreaker. And it's going to be kind of like the ones we've done before. It's going to be a Premier League, who finished where and what year. So are we ready for this? No. Sure. No, definitely <laughs> <Yeah>. not. <laughs> All right. Why not? Why not? In the year 2011, which team, no Googling, which team finished third? And we'll start with Jared. 
2011. Let's see. In the year, and I'll, I'm listening intently for any keyboard clacking. So, be aware. Um, of that. you know what? Gunners. Why not? It was not Arsenal. No, boys. Over to you. Uh, I was actually going to guess Arsenal in that particular. Uh, I, Chelsea. It was not Chelsea. No, Jared. Um, uh, United. Not United, boys. This is getting tense. Oh man. Who finished third in 2011? City. Manchester City is absolutely correct, sir. Yes. And that will steal the game. Boys, congratulations. You won it by a hair this week, but you did take the win. Put your series total now to 5-2. to two. How do you feel? I mean, 5-2 to just feels really good, James. It feels special. It feels, feels like uh, it's happened in history before. I, I was waiting for that tie-in because there are a couple of games, I believe, that Arsenal and Tottenham have played where Arsenal have ended up the winners 5-2. So poetry and nature, whatever you want to call it, I don't know. But uh, Jared Bud, you were so close. <laughs> not charity case, James. I know. All right. I, know. I, blame, I didn't I, even write these like to think that. It was just like these I, players... I, I, I mean, the the last clue was a Tottenham player, and there was a Tottenham associated player. One, two. Yeah, you're actually right. There was quite a few. Actually, three. Go now, look at it. Yeah, back. Mesut Urzel in one. Are you serious, guy? What a true <laughs> Arsenal fan. Everyone, are, three, are, three to one. Is everyone aware that K, that uh, uh, Boyce is also a uh, KU basketball fan? Shocking. Um, <laughs> the, one of these things is like the other. Oh, Whose uh, football team won this weekend? Uh, listen. <laughs> uh no uh my my football team's not very good so it doesn't really matter uh, <laughs> i know the feeling uh well before we go let's uh let's go and have a quick look at this fantasy premier league team uh because boyce did make me very aware and i was quite shocked at the revelation that he's made quite a comeback uh he's now sitting in fourth spot with a comfortable 543 points uh how'd you do it boys was it arsenal no uh, I dropped Gabriel Jesus, which was a really terrible pick, and found Aguero, and then added Callum Wilson. And oh. uh, Mesut Ozil decided to actually start scoring goals. Although I will say, to my own detriment, Sadio Mane, who has been the singularly best player on my team, I did not captain him this weekend, and I paid dearly. Oh no, that happens. It does happen. Uh, meanwhile, I've managed to claw my way out of the bottom three and now sit on eighth, so that's progress. I'll take that. Jared, kind of the same deal. You're now climbing up a little bit. You're now in 10th. Um, any work need done to your team, bud? <laughs> oh, I just have to. The thought of, and this probably highlights you know, some of Spurs' woes there, uh, the thought that Harry Kane not being productive uh, you know, is, is really hurting, hurting my team. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a reality that I'm not willing to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. So I will be doing nothing to my team. <laughs> It's going to stay as is, and you're going to end up first. It's going to be great. Uh, well, folks, that is all that we have time for today. Big thanks, as always, to my guests, Jared Cemente and Boyce Richardson. Don't forget to check out our Twitter page, at KickCornerFlag, as well as Facebook and our website, KickFlag.com. Uh, final words, Boyce. Yeah, Gunners, yeah. Yeah, Gunners, yeah. Simple, love it. And Jared? Uh, and from all of us here at the pod, obviously, uh, uh, it, acknowledging those those supporters of Leicester football uh, and the uh, and the tragedy this weekend, uh, uh, we're all we're all thinking about you. And despite who we uh, who we support, we're all on the same team here. Mm-hmm. Well said, bud. Well said. Right. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys, and have a great week.